big down payments. Thousands down. We interviewed the victims. Tell us what happened, ma'am. Well, I says to myself, self, go to Mad City. Mad City Mitsubishi. Every vehicle's just one dime down. And then? I ended up at some other dealer. Why? They had guaranteed credit. Let me guess. You had to put $4,000 down. Yeah, four grand. And there was no warranty. Next time, go to Mad City, Mad City Mitsubishi. They extend the factory warranty to 30 years, 300,000 miles. And all you need is a dime. Hundreds of pre-owned in stock now. But my credit stinks. Just ask for credit amnesty. If you bring home $350 a week, you get up to $30,000 in credit. Wow, 30 grand? Yes, ma'am. With only one dime total out of pocket. It's a crime to pay more than a dime. At the number two Mitsubishi dealer in the nation. Mad City. Mad City Mitsubishi. On the Beltline. Call 844-MAD-CITY. MadCityMitsubishi.com. Aliens to ghosts, demons to angels, and from shadow people to the outlandish, Heidi Hollis's The Outland Outland Outland. Welcome, welcome everybody to my awesome Friday evening. You're listening to me, Heidi Hollis, The Outlander. So welcome to the show. Sit down, grab your teddy bear. I don't care whatever it is that you do to get comfortable to hear odd things like myself. (laughs) Oh, today is what? It's the first day of summer, isn't it? And it is kind of steamy over here in Chicago, I must say. It is uh, indeed starting to reflect this thing called summer um, outside of the downpouring rain today. I don't know about you guys, but it's like sweeping the country, flood, 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 and then it's okay, flood, flood. Anyways, okay, now where was I? Okay, I'm supposed to introduce you to who and what I am, I suppose, what this show is all about. This show is about bringing outlandish and interesting topics to the forefront from aliens, angels, ghosts, demons, holy encounters, shadow people, to Bigfoot, too. The outlandish. I always say if it's weird, we're here, and now you've plopped yourself down with your teddy bear, and now you're just as strange as I am. So, about myself, when it comes to the outlandish, I don't care what it is. I mean, really, I have an interest in all of it. I don't care if it's a conspiracy theory or the boogeyman is under your bed. Um, I'm someone who has been there, seen that, (laughs) experienced it. Freaked out, found some answers, wrote about it, got over it, and now I'm hoping to help all you people of the world do the same darn thing and understand this crazy world of ours. You could go to my main website, which is HeidiHollis.com, and you can learn a whole crap load about me, if you dare, okay? Um, you will find, of course, all the social media links when you head over yonder, okay? And I want to let you guys know how you can hear this program. Please do go to your app store and get the app. A lot of people are really enjoying it, including myself. Though it's kind of freaky to hear myself talk. <laughs> and I'm like, God, she sounds like a nut. But um, <laughs> Inception Radio Network, IRN app is awesome. You will really enjoy it. You do not have to sit here every Friday at 8. You can just like... Hit a button anytime you feel like it. And also, you can hear us by phone. 
just call a number, 1-832-280-0830 or 786-837-2262 to hear this show live via phone. And for all you non-chickens out there who dareth to calleth me, you could call 1-888-919-2355 or simply Skype any comments or questions that you have to Inception Radio Network. So pick up the phone, call me, say, hey, Heidi, how's it going? Are you steamed up in Chicago? Yeah, I am. It's hot. It's, it's hot. Okay. And, uh, you know, when you go to InceptionRadioNetwork.com, live chat, post your questions. We will enjoy that. Sometimes I could poke my head in there, take a look, enjoy what you guys are chatting about in there. And I have to say, you guys are, are kind of hilarious, and you do help us out quite a bit as well. So... I, I think that's awesome. So, like, if I can't think of a name, like Lisa or somebody in there, Derhoff, whomever, <laughs> I'll just be like, it's this, Heidi. It's that. I love that. I, that's cool. Um, if I could only juggle reading all that and flapping my gums. Um, anyways, I want to tell you guys something. This is so weird. Um, but first, I, I guess I should introduce what, something that I call the Outlandish Corner. Outlandish Corner, this is where I get your emails, comments, questions, experiences, encounters, anything out of the ordinary that you have that you want to share. You could just write me at dus, D-A-S, outlander at gmail.com or go to my Facebook page or Twitter. Just put a one in front of Heidi Hollis. And that is I, okay? There are other Heidi Hollises in the world, but none are quite as whacked as I am. I will tell you that. Anyways, today's been a crazy day for me. I don't even know how to begin. I think I've made it on air here by the skin of my teeth. Little does Joe or anybody know. I just ran in here. I was like, I parked my car too. This is funny. You know, Chicago, crazy driver people. Um, <laughs> parked my car and then I'm like, I parked in front of a pizza delivery place and this raggedy green car pulled up behind me. And I'm like, oh my God, that is the delivery guy. And I have seen that nasty green paint put on the back of a lot of bumpers in the neighborhood. <laughs> I'm like, though I was running late, I don't care. I moved my car. I did. I did. I found another parking spot because that was just, no, not going to risk it. Not going to risk having green paint smashed all over. Um, and also, but anyways, that wasn't the weird part of my day. Um, <laughs> this is crazy. This is really crazy. I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself and my odd experiences. Okay, the place that I live in, oh, Bob Hope used to live in it. Okay, Bob Hope used to live uh, I think a floor above me, something like that. And so I knew this is a landmark of some sort, and I knew this place had to be haunted to the hills of it. Um, I just didn't go looking for it. However, it came looking for me, and I kind of got that sensation like, ah, feels like a ghost is in here. Usually before I move into a place, I do clear it out, bless the place. I don't do any hocus pocus. I don't dance any jigs or anything like that. I just kind of like, God, please help me, you know, keep the creeps out. But of course, Heidi didn't do that because Heidi doesn't practice what she preaches all the time. <laughs> oh, okay. So it took me some time before I got around it, even though I could sense there was a ghost in this freaking place. Okay. Um, 
So I'm like, ah, to do to do, you know, ghosts. I could feel it was an old lady. I'm not a psychic or anything like that, by the way. And I don't go hunting ghosts either because I don't need to. Because I just go, there goes Heidi. Let's go and let's go and bug her or something. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm just like feeling this ghost is in this place, and I'm like, I will get to clearing, getting rid of her. But I have to unpack, and then, you know, life kind of moved on, and you just kind of get used to the presence of something sometimes. Um, though I don't think ghosts sticking around um, that have a strong presence is a, is a good thing, especially if they're not paying rent. Mm-mm, nope. Um, so I'm, like, dealing with her presence, and I have a smart TV that has one of those fancy things. I might have, I might have shared this a little bit. Um, it's a hint before. It has a fancy remote where you you really just can't replicate it. I called the company um, when it went missing out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> it went missing, and they're like, oh, we're on back order, about six months behind on these things. I guess if you drop it, it just shatters. I don't know. Who makes a remote that can't handle a few kicks and tumbles? I don't know. But anyways, I couldn't find it. And I'm looking high and low. I'm like, gosh, I just bought this TV. I can't even set it up. You know, got the cable hooked up, but, you know, you can't turn on the TV, for crying out loud. It's some crazy remote that has magic in it. Um, so I'm like, okay, fine. Just going to deal with that. And I'm like, this it's got to be around here somewhere. I mean, it's just – and I'm like, did that ghost do something with it? Well, I looked high and low. I couldn't figure it out. So anyway, sometime later, I got – Uh, I mean, I'm talking about months this is missing. Um, I got some stuff from my storage that I had there before I moved to the new place and moved the the bins and everything in. I'm like, oh, I'll get to that and took a little bit of time and went through one of my bins with, you know, a heap of dust on it. And lo and behold is inside deep under everything is (laughs) this remote that had no way to find itself to... (laughs) <laughs> my storage miles away. Okay. Um, the TV was never stored in storage. So really I was, I was just, okay, me and you go. So we're, we're, <laughs> this is it, you know? And then of course I didn't take the time to still clear out the place. And I, but I was thinking about it, if that counts, but I'm like, eh, I'll, I'll get to it. Though I was ticked. So then one night, they love to come to you when you're sleeping, when your guard is down. They're like, I don't know, I'm a choker or something. I don't know what, what she was thinking. But I felt something was in my room. So I sit up abruptly, and lo and behold, there goes the little old ghost lady. And she was a color that I had never seen before in a ghost. I, I have seen uh, quite a few of them. And she, her whole body was a rustic red. A rustic red. Not that she was dressed in red. I mean, her, her outline, her face, everything. And I was just like, great, there she is. <laughs> and I was just like, you know, kind of said a little prayer, and, you know, okay. And, and I went back to sleep, and I'm like, I will deal with you tomorrow. And I did, and I blessed the place. So a little time goes on, and uh, I don't know. I, I, every once in a while, I get a little strange feeling. Um, it, it, I'd say like six months had passed after I got rid of that little old bitty lady. Um and I started getting a feeling every once in a while, like uh, something something feels like it's it's creeping by. And so I would, you know, quickly turn off my lights and get my camera out and flash because you could just catch them quickly. And so it, sometimes they prepare for you to take a picture, and I just wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna let them uh, see that I was gonna sneak a, a picture on them. So I'm like, snap, 
and I got an orb. I'm like, oh, I knew there was something in here. And then snap, 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 I watch the orb pass through the room and go out my window. Yay for me. So the the orb was uh, essentially heading out, so I, I was not stressed about that. But then again, I, every once in a while, I felt a little little strangeness, a little strangeness, uh, didn't know what to think about it. And then this morning, this morning, first day of summer, this morning, I'm on my cell phone, I'm talking, I don't know, to my doctor's office or something, and I am within a couple of feet of my iPod stereo, you know, where you dock your iPod and play whatever the heck you want. And it is newer. It is newer. However, as I'm standing there talking on the phone, it flips on by itself, scrolls through my music, picks a song I didn't even know I had on there. Some country something. I don't know. And I was raised on country, so don't knock it, okay? Um, <laughs> but yeah, and I'm like, no fear, just darn it, I can't hear my phone conversation. Flipped it off and just kind of, you know, went about it like, oh, darn, there's something here. And I, I just have the feeling something's been trying to move in on me. And I'm like, oh, this is such an old place. And, you know, you could bless your place sometimes and things could clear out and be okay. And uh, But then you get a new neighbor, which I did. I got a couple of new neighbors. And um, I'm wondering if they brought something with them. Because sometimes things can just pop through the wall take a look around, see what they like, see what they can mess with. And I'm like, I'm having the feeling that that may be what it is. I'm not positive. I am not positive. But um, it's really strange. It's not the little old lady. This is something new. And um, it did it on purpose. Let's put it that way. It did it on purpose to rear its head and be like, I'm going to turn this on right next to you while you're standing here and see if you jump. Well, I don't jump easily. And I don't scare that easy either. Um, so news to whomever or whatever this was um, who was trying to scare the bejesus out of me. Um, you know, I don't appreciate it. I really don't. Um, however, I will deal with it. And I guess I will keep you guys updated about that. But there, there goes my outlandish corner story to let you guys know that sometimes Heidi deals with these darn things too. And oh, there's been a doozy going on that, I will have to save for you at some point to share because um, it's going in my new book. It's um, it's really a whacked, whacked story, and um, I don't even know where to begin with it. So honestly, we'll just save that for when that happens and getting this book out. It's almost done. It's almost done. Okay, so anyways, Outlandish Corner continuing here. I am going to go and find an email here. And here goes one. This is this is short and sweet to the point. Now, again, I always say, you know, sometimes people <laughs> send me their emails several times over if they don't think I got to it. So if this is one that I had answered already, somebody raise their hand and say, quit, Heidi, you, you answered that one before. Um, <laughs> I don't see any hands because I didn't read anything yet. Okay, um, here's here's a real short, short question. Um, are there any good shadow people or are they all evil and where do you think they come from thank you schultz are there any good shadow people i haven't met any i have not met any 
However, some people will swear that their shadow person is not a bad, bad shadow. No, because they helped beat up their dad or something. Think about that. That's a good shadow. Okay, dad may not have been a good guy, but really? I, I don't know. I mean, still, we're supposed to respect and honor our father and mother, isn't it? It's in the Bible somewhere, kind of an important spot. Um, so uh, I personally don't think, I mean, I, I think I think honestly the, the way that we symbolize light with positive, dark with negative, it kind of coincides with what it is that we deal with when it comes to the paranormal. Um, if it's dark and yucky, it's usually not a good guy. And it's so strange to say, you know, it's like in the cowboy movies, the guy in the black hat was the one that was bad, and the one in the white hat, that's just your hero. <sighs> I guess we do associate things oddly like that, but it's, I don't I don't know any good shadow people. I, I've met a lot of them. I've dealt with a lot of them. They don't like me very much. Um, I don't know. What it, okay, here it goes. If the shadow people, if there are any good ones... If there are any good ones, and, and, and they are aware that I'm, I'm telling people how to keep negative things away from them, why do these things hate my gut so much if there are any good ones? Because I don't, I don't think there are any. I, I just, I don't think so. I, uh-uh, nope. I mean, they have come at me full, I don't know, lasso in hand to rope me in and, and try to take me down and, uh, all I'm trying to do is keep negative things away, but if they're positive, they haven't shown that side to me. And uh, some of these stories that I get, they don't sound so good. Nothing I'd, I'd wish on anybody. Um, and you know what's funny, too? Like, I had people ask me, are there white shadow people? <laughs> it's kind of a play on words. I mean, shadow is dark i mean white shadow you know something that does look similar to like okay like if you could look at a shadow person what it looks like and its shape and all and and then flip that uh to the photo negative to be white that looks like uh, a light being um some people refer to them as which are kind of angelic so psh, i don't think they're shadow people like that no, I think that's that's more of an angelic being. And if you felt something positive, it, 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 when you come face to face with a shadow being, though I wish you never have to, though the chances are more and more likely that you shall, I hate to say it, um, you get a sensation that is unlike anything else. It's so strange to say that your soul shakes within you, but it does. It does. It it. It quivers. It's as if your cell and souls are all speaking, telling you, holy smokes, that's nothing good and it's not cute either. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a crazy, crazy thing. It is really, I don't know. So, yeah. Um, and then you ask, where did they come from? Well, Schultz, I came at this topic as a ufologist somebody who was interested in the topic of ufos and aliens because i had seen several myself and um essentially got bombarded by greys no i had not been abducted thank 
God, I had not been abducted. Though they did try. And they tried to convince me to allow them to. Now, why would they need my permission? Isn't that interesting? Yeah, they tried to trick me. They did all sorts of stuff. And I'm like, Psh, hold on. You got bug eyes. Something's not right here. I don't think you're a friend. Um, so, yeah, these these alien guys creep around. And then when that didn't work, lo and behold, I started seeing these shadow beasts showing up. I'm like, what does a person have to do? I'm in college. I need to study. Got rid of these freaky little grays. And now I have these ugly, shadowy things popping in. I just didn't know what was going on. But to me... And through a whole bunch of other odd experiences that I hmm, I went through, um, that I detailed in my book, The Secret War. There you go, shameless plug. Um, that it felt like they had tagged teamed me. It's like, well, it, I'm trying here. I'm, I'm trying to do my little gray alien experiments, and she is just not buying it. All right, that's uh, there you go, tag team, and uh, here you go, shadow guy. You take it from here. And they're like, all right, I'm a clock in. I'll, I'll take her on and see how far I'll get. Um, so I think they are more related to aliens. And I've always said it. I've said it from day one uh, when I first came forward about, with the topic of shadow people. Um, I never said ghosts. Never said ghosts. Is there a link between some ghosts and them? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But um, they're they're far worse, and uh, their connection is a little complicated. But um, check out my book, and uh, it'll explain it all. Uh, because it is it is it's a it's an odd topic. It is truly an odd topic. So, where I think shadow people came from, I don't think they're from here. Do they live here now? Is this home to them now? Mm, in a sense, it is. Sadly, it really is. And uh, that's that's it's an awful thing. I think. Uh, we should be like the angry landlords and, uh, you know, evict them. And we just have to unite to do that because when we're standing together to get rid of something, it goes a lot smoother. But not not when we're standing there and Mr. Joe Schmo is, is sitting over and, and trying to do something and dig a trench and, and bury something. And it goes a lot better and smoother when there's more than one person digging that trench to get rid of something. So... We have to pull our forces together because currently the secret war, it's not looking so good in our favor right now because uh, too much laughter going on when it comes to spooky stuff or aliens. We think eh, that just couldn't happen. Well, um, it does. It does. And laughing it away does not make them go away. It just helps them dig in deeper to the person that they're focusing on. And we're losing people. We're losing souls, people. We are truly losing souls. And that is the ultimate sacrifice, you could say. And um, this is the war. You know, everybody talks about that that war written of and the Bible between good and evil. Well, guess what? It's already started. And we're pointing the finger and laughing at those people who report seeing and dealing with these things. And that is the problem. And, uh, and I've always heard of people who have had alien abductions and whatnot, and they're just like, well, my my alien's a good alien. You know, this, when they shove that probe uh, down my throat and rip out a chunk or my baby, 
they're good. They're really, they're really looking out for me. It's, uh, it's all good, you know. And uh, they said there was cancer in there, and they, they, they cleared it up right away for me. Oh, so I could pop out another kid for him. So I'm healthy now. <laughs> it's just not your alien, huh? I don't know. I, I wish they had scheduled an appointment or asked me when I was conscious to say, you know, sure, go ahead, get that, get that baby out of me or something. I mean, that's just, oh, they are not good. They are not good. Are there good aliens? Yes, there are. Not good channel people. Okay, so um, I hope that that helped clarify and clear some things up there, Schultz. For such a short little question, I just, or a couple of questions, I just kind of carried on there, didn't I? Because it's just burns in me. Okay, um, next one. We're going to move on. I got a short little doodad here. Um. Uh, hello, Heidi. I've seen the hat man, comma. I had horrible dreams for as long as I can remember. I am aware of where I am, sleeping, couch, bed, friend's floor, etc. And I know it's a dream, and I think to myself, <laughs> uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to improvise. Shizzle! It's happening again. Then I go numb from my extremities to my core. I can't speak or even blink. I then notice these shadow figures around me, and I know I need to wake someone up or I won't wake up. Anyway, I had a dream like the one I mentioned above, but when my partner woke me up, she asked me who was at the end of the bed. I told her of my dreams, and to make sure she wasn't hallucinating, I asked, what is he wearing? Then she replied, he is a a silhouette with a hat on. I have now seen him on two occasions. Simon. Well, thank you for sharing there, Simon. Um, I hope that that name goes with this story here. Um, wow. You know, it's it's something, you know, you you're think that you're dreaming. And then you have somebody <laughs> clarify and go, look, I saw something at the end of the bed. And this dude was wearing a hat and blah, blah, blah. That is, uh, that's disturbing. That's really disturbing. I mean, you think that you are doing and living in the here and now. You have this little so-called dream, and then uh, it's not a dream. That's not cool. And, uh, you know, something that's interesting, too, about what you described here, how you go numb from your extremities to your core. Your core sounds like your soul is halting and freezing up on you. But I want to tell you something. It it never stops moving. Your soul can cry out like no other. Let me tell you, I have been in those situations where something thought they had a foothold on me, and they're like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, this is this is this is good. We got Heidi down. All right, come on in, troops." And I'd I'd sit up and I'd look at it like, "Oh no, this isn't going on." This isn't happening. And uh, then they leave. You know, isn't that something? And, and this, is, this is also something that gets uh, talked about uh, among a lot of people who write to me about their experiences. And they're like, I become paralyzed and I see the shadow people are standing there or one is standing there. And I just feel like, you know, I'm just I'm going to die unless I can move. The second that the people, well, I shouldn't say always, but it happens quite often. The second that the people are able to call on God, Jesus, or 
even move a pinky. These things realize, oh no, the gig is up. They are realizing their human potential. Let's get the hazelle out of here. And they do. That's the power of us people and our souls. And that's our soul reaching out. And that is the way that we break free. So going numb to your core. Mm -mm. Your core is not numb. Do whatever it takes to break that. I don't care. In your mind and your heart, throw a rope up to God, Jesus, whatever you feel is sacred. Um, and, uh, you know, and have no doubts about it. And watch that thing scatter because uh, that's that's the extent of their power. Anyways, you guys, I want to thank you for writing into me. And uh, that's the end of the Outlandish Corner. And, um, you know, Again, you people, if you have any questions, comments, experiences, dustoutlander at gmail.com. Just write me there, and I will do my best to answer your questions and your comments on air. Um, and also, go to go to Facebook and type in Paranormal Pledge and join my awesome group there, people who are sharing and talking about themselves and getting down to it when it comes to anything out of the ordinary. All right. Now, you guys, you're in for a treat tonight because we're going to be talking to a couple who have been dealing with alien abductions in a unique way. And I really admire them for their strength. So you stick around. We're going to come on to our first break here. And uh, this is going to this is going to be it's going to be really juicy. OK, you're listening to me, Heidi Hollis, the Outlander on Inception Radio Network. And we will be right back. Listening to IRN, the Inception Radio Network, Chicago, Illinois. Hi, Inception Radio Network listeners. This is Amanda. Just a reminder that Inception Radio Network is on Twitter. Follow us at I underscore R underscore N and keep up to date about who's on tonight, what interviews they'll be doing, who's guest spotting, what topics they'll be covering. Tweet to us, tweet about us, retweet topics to your friends, and most importantly, never miss a great show again. That's I underscore R underscore N. Are you a fan of Inception Radio Network? Do you reckon it's the best alternative talk radio station on the planet? Well, if you do... Head to facebook.com forward slash Inception Radio Network and like the page. Tell your friends, spread the word, and keep listening to the best. Hi, Bob Tarmac for MJ'sHealthyWay.com. Are you into vitamins, nutrition, meal replacements, health shakes, uh, keeping your body in good shape, your internal engine going? <laughs> Boy, do I have a perfect place for you. MJ'sHealthyWay.com. They offer the best service and products, and they'll tell you anything you need to know about any product they have to offer. I get all my vitamins, meal replacements, shakes from MJ'sHealthyWay.com. That's spelled M-J-S-HealthyWay.com. There's so much more at the website. Go check it out. MJ'sHealthyWay.com. Don't have a computer? 
Is your internet connection down? Don't worry. Use your trusty landline or cell phone and dial or call and listen lines at 832-280-0830 or 786-837-2262 to listen to the Inception Radio Network 24-7. Again, those numbers are 832-280-0830 or 786-837-2262. For the Inception Radio Network, I'm MJ. Do you have a smartphone? If so, Inception Radio Network is the best app for you. Available on iTunes, Android, Samsung and most other app stores. Just search Inception Radio Network. With the app you can listen live, check out podcasts of recent and past shows, view our videos, see what shows are coming up, who the guests are and, via the chat room, send live questions to those guests. You know it makes sense. Check your app store now. Inception Radio Network. I'll see you there. Hello folks, Heidi Hollis is rocking the airwaves every Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern right here on IRN. But if you want to learn more about Heidi, check out her amazing website at www.heidihollis.com. For IRN, this is MJ. Get advice on aliens to ghosts, demons to angels, and from shadow people to the outlandish. Explore the paranormal with Heidi Hollis. The Outlander. Holy smokes, it's Friday, everybody. Welcome back to me, Heidi Hollis, The Outlander. Remembering always if it's weird, we're here, and now you're looking at me funny. So... We're giving you advice and insight on outlandish topics, and the phone lines are always open, you chickens. 1-888-919-2355. And, oh, boy, we've got a nice couple of guests this evening. I have a feeling this is going to be really, really good. And it was just pointed out to me that it is a full moon. However, I had not looked up, but I do feel like howling. So, um, to get to my guests, <laughs> we have Chad and Alta Dillard, a couple with a personal history of alien abductions that has essentially scarred them mentally and physically. Their varied experiences has led them to seek answers, and one indicates that they were somehow arranged by the aliens to be together. Everybody, round of applause, Chad and Alta Dillard. Hello, you two. How are you this evening? Uh, we're doing well. Thank you, uh, Heidi. Thanks for having us on the, on your program. Are you kidding me? I was anxious to hear this stuff. I love, I love talking about alien stuff. I really do. I appreciate you guys reaching out to me and saying, hey, Heidi, how about having us on? I'm like, see, anybody could do that. I'm open. I am so open. I don't care. I'm, I'm all about it. So it's, it's awesome. So do tell. I mean, gosh, we're, how far do we dig back before you two realize that each of you were having alien encounters or some kind of alien intervention? Hi, Heidi. It's me. And hey like there. Chad said, thanks a lot for having us on. And of course. Um, it, it seems like it might work best if we just start from the beginning of at least Chad and I it was in 1990. Okay. And, um, you know, the short version of that, it was on a Valentine's Day. And I was asked if I was interested in a blind date with this guy and I made it clear to this individual who was asking me I didn't do blind dates and the short story is 
the guy that was trying to arrange the blind date called this person up and the person seemed real interested in having the date but had to work that night. Mm. So it ended up where that person was Chad. Um, short story is before Valentine's was over on that day, Chad and I ended up in the same location uh, with a lot of, I call everything high strangeness. I've borrowed that term because it's the only term that applies for me mm-hmm. that makes any sense about anything. But with a lot of high strangeness involved, Chad and I ended up in the same location that night, um, a place that neither one of us had never been to before. So way beyond coincidence, um, again, there was a lot involved in getting us put together. But then within 24 hours of that happening, I was then to discover through Chad's mother that his grandfather and I shared the same identical name. This grandfather had already passed on by the time that I came into the picture. So I never met him, of course, in person, but Chad always knew him as George. The whole world knew this man as George, and Uh come to find out his birth name is Alta, just like mine. And, (laughs) you know, that really did something very strange inside of me the moment that I was told that. And then, to just cap it off, we then went on to learn that this man's last name is Duncan, and that's my mother's last name. So that was just more than I could bear. I just couldn't wrap my brain around what had just been said to me. I had a lot of mystery in my past and um, didn't know many of my family members. And so that just was a very strange beginnings. And then uh, if I can, I'll go ahead, unless you wanted to ask us anything along the way, I'll just move along. And Well, you know what? It's strange to me. It's like, so you you find that this this common name exists between the two of you and it's like you feel like you feel like you're an independent person you make your own choices and you go about your daily life only to find you know there was some kind of grander scheme and plan going on for that exactly. I mean that's just such a that that does that would strike a chord in, in anybody I mean that that's amazing it it, it absolutely did and you know, at the time, I was 33 years old, never had been married, no children, really had no intentions. I knew I was never going to have children for whatever reason I can't explain, mm-hmm. but I never intended ever to be married in my life either. And at 33, I was pretty sure I had accomplished that. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, this darn you Chad know, literally comes out of nowhere. <laughs> This Chad comes along and just changes your whole world. Oh, my goodness. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> well, hey, it so, happens. It happens to the best of us. I'm holding out <laughs> myself, so I, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> so what happens next? So you guys, it, it, 1990, you something stranger took place that, that let you know that alien hands were behind things? There were actually two men. They appeared in the form of human. Um, I never even used the word alien in any of my language. Uh, Again, I'll refer to everything in high strangeness, but the circumstances were these, these two men that appeared 
to essentially, I, I can't prove this, of course, this is anecdotal, but it's just what I know internally. These two men were extremely good looking. One very dark haired, one very blonde. Well, all right. Um, <laughs> they were completely out of place. Uh, again, there's so much to this story, but, mm-hmm. but these two beings, I'll say it like that, these two beings made sure that Chad and I met. And so, you know, if I don't know that, I don't know who they are. I don't know. I only know that there was a much bigger hand in all of this. So how did and they, it was used it was what, used in the form of human looking. So how I mean could you give us a little hint of what they did? Um what happened was they appeared in a little tiny I I got off work that day I was in a really ferrumped mood. It was as if I didn't want a blind date but I couldn't even get a blind date. <clears throat> and I was just really in a in a bad mood and I decided to do something that I had never done and that was I was going to leave my job go home change my clothes and get in my car and go somewhere and have a drink Mm -hmm. I hadn't done that before I'd never gone to a bar by myself driving and I I got real scared over I'm making that decision and I can't even explain that it was just the state of mind I was in and next thing I know I chose a uh, a place close to where uh, I lived, and it was a place I didn't know, and it was a little tiny. I'm not even sure that it's there, to be quite honest with you. Chad and I have talked about that a lot over the years. Hmm. I, I'm not even sure any longer that that location is real. I only know that it was there to receive me that day. I walked in this little tiny pub. It looked like a little Irish pub. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't remember ever seeing, but this was in my mother's neighborhood, and I had been out of state for many years. I'd come home, was staying at my mom's home, and this was in her area. So it wasn't, you know, a neighborhood I knew extremely well anyhow. But the point is, is that this place just was convenient, close. And when I drove up to this little location, I just knew, okay, I don't know exactly what I'm doing, but I'm just going to go in because it looks safe. And when I went inside this place, there wasn't a soul in there. There was just one little pool table. It was very old looking, pretty run down looking. Mm-hmm. And uh, a little grandmotherly kind of woman came out from around the corner uh, to serve me. And I thought, well, she looks safe. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I remember ordering a beer. And um, before I could even take a drink out of this beer, that door opened up, the front door, and these two gentlemen walked. They were exquisitely dressed, expensive dress. Hmm. They were so attractive. They looked like male models. They absolutely looked as strange in that location almost as I felt. And one of them had on a bomber jacket, a leather bomber jacket, the blonde. Mm -hmm. I remember the short story on that is that that gentleman informed me that he was the pilot for the other gentleman of his private plane. (laughs) <laughs> that was too weird. We're in a neighborhood. There's no airport anywhere around. Wow. There's, it, it, we're in a we're in a housing, you know, a suburban neighborhood, and uh, there, I have some missing time between locations. 
they asked me if there was any place else to go in this city that was more lively. Mm. They started this conversation with me. And in all honesty, I cannot account from leaving that location sober and going to the location that Chad then finally came to later on after I had arrived there. And we found each other. We only, we only understood that. By the time Chad had finally walked up to me and asked me if I wanted to play pinball, it was in a sports bar. And while we're doing this, I'm sorry for sounding so muddled on this, but by the time, you know, we get to playing pinball, we get around to names, obviously, and we what figured pick, out what, that what blind date didn't happen. What a pickup line there, Chad. Uh, pinball. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that was some smooth operating going on there. Yeah. Uh, the- well, and, and it was, um, you know, to, to let say something, uh, it was Elvira Pinball Machine. And it <laughs> oh, kept okay. Being- <laughs> That's a difference. That's a little bit more impressive. I, I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> it, it kept saying, don't touch me there. <laughs> oh, that's funny. You know, um you know, it's interesting for, I, I don't know how, you know, people that are listening out there, if they know the trends when it comes to uh, those who have had inter- interference from alien beings that, you know, they suddenly get, uh, you know, uh, out of nowhere, a, a feeling to take a left instead of a right, to drive in the middle of the woods, to be there, and, and they think they walked into a cabin, and then they're like, was there really a cabin there? It, it's all a confusion, and they don't know how they got back on the road and down that bumpy road, and and it's so these types of things, these, this happens a lot, but it, how interesting, not just to rendezvous with, with a couple of aliens, but with <laughs> your, your future husband. Um, That's right. Perhaps you should have I don't know. <laughs> you should run for the hills still uh, there, Alta. <laughs> well, you know, upon learning that that his grandfather and I shared the same identical name, I'm told I'm born on a reservation in Arizona of mm-hmm. mixed native white blood. Okay. As I said to you, I have a lot of mystery in my past. I didn't know any of my father's people until real late in life, so on. Chad's born in Arkansas from the... Big down payments thousands down we interviewed the victims tell us what happened ma'am well i says to myself self go to mad city mad city mitsubishi every vehicle's just one dime down and then i ended up at some other dealer why they had guaranteed credit let me guess you had to put four thousand dollars down yeah four grand and there was no warranty. Next time, go to Mad City, Mad City Mitsubishi. They extend the factory warranty to 30 years, 300,000 miles. And all you need is a dime. Hundreds of pre-owned in stock now. But my credit stinks. Just ask for credit amnesty. If you bring home 350 a week, you get up to $30,000 in credit. Wow, 30 grand? Yes, ma'am. With only one dime total out of pocket. It's a crime to pay more than a dime. At the number two Mitsubishi dealer in the nation. Mad City, Mad City Mitsubishi. On the Beltline. Call 844-MAD-CITY. MadCityMitsubishi.com. South. And okay. most of his people, and we, and no Indian in the family. So, I, I disappeared for three months. He could not find me. After our initial meeting, mm-hmm. uh, it literally changed me inside, and I was not going to be found. I didn't know what was happening, but I didn't like it, not a little bit. I'm confused. And, what, what do you mean you disappeared? You were aware of 
after after we learned of this name okay. connection, okay. Uh, I, something tweaked me inside. And Chad, I didn't let on to Chad. I uh-huh. acted just fine and made it clear to Chad I was looking forward to our next date. And you were, you know, all friendly and it's all beautiful and so on. But <laughs> but I'm saying to myself, that's enough of that. I don't know I what's happening, but. Whatever it is, I'm going to put a stop to it. And I, I when I, I, I didn't go poof, but essentially I did. He couldn't find me for three months because wow. I was just so determined not to know him. Because you knew something was in the air. I, I, I think that's our, our gut instinct telling us, okay, this, this has another hand. There's another player in this game. And I don't know what it is, but you, your, your spidey senses were tingling, essentially. Chad and I are both sitting here nodding our heads to you. It's music to our ears to hear you because that's the absolute truth. Yeah, yeah, my goodness, right? I can imagine. So uh, take us to the next the next level. So you you guys do meet up three months later and um, something, we do. Where, do, where does the alien part start to filter in? So now we've married a year later. And uh, now I'll move us to 1995. Okay. Chad and I have just moved to uh, Louisiana. Ah, that's strange. Well, I guess we're going to get them back. Perhaps the aliens thought to put their hand in the mix once again. Um, but you know what's interesting? What they're they're talking about? It's so. It is a common phenomenon, and it's it's a really disturbing thing to know. When you are are being interfered with by something else, by something else. I mean, it is uh, it's it's really not cool. It's really not cool. Are you guys there? Do we have you back? Can you hear us? Sure can. There you go. All right. Wow. <laughs> Darn aliens. Yeah. Oh, gone. I'll tell you. Oh my goodness. So you guys, you you're. you're We've we've scattered a little forward, and you guys got married, and something else took place. What what happened? Okay, so we've moved to uh, Hammond, outside of Hammond, Louisiana, in 1995, and I'll turn this over to Chad to describe okay. to you what happened to us. All righty. Well, we had um, this was uh, one night we decided that we would go into town and have dinner, and it was. Not quite dark, but but getting there, mm-hmm. and um, you know supper time. So we were coming around, and and we came around this group of trees, and we look up in the sky, and there is this. There's a Walmart, and up above the Walmart, I was going to say is, a Walmart in the sky. That's pretty no, neat. I'm sorry. Okay. All right, uh, <laughs> we go around this. <laughs> we go around this group of trees uh, and you know there's a Walmart there okay. we look up in the sky and there's this it's it's this long black rectangular shaped craft it was bigger than the, the Walmart and the parking lot combined oh, boy. it was very slow moving it seemed, I hope it was slow to the ground, because if it wasn't, it was really big. Because, I mean, it was just huge. Wow. You know, it seemed to be low in the ground, to the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, black, 
there were four or five lights, you know, a couple in the front, uh, two or three in the back. Um, it was a, a kind of shaped. Um, it wasn't it wasn't as wide in the front as it was in the rear. Okay. You know, it's kind of a triosceles, maybe I guess. Oh, okay. Everybody so, looked that one up. Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, I, it's a. I think it's a, you know it's a rectangular with, gotcha. what you know it's wider in one side than it is on the right. other. So anyway. Okay. Uh, so we get up and we look up and we see this. You know, Alta looks at me. I'm driving. Alta's in the passenger seat. I look at her. She looks at me, and it was like as if okay. Don't look at it because. If we don't see it, it won't see us. Ah, uh. We never really talked about it. We went on to dinner. Uh, don't disgusting. never discussed it. Never nothing uh -huh. like you know. Okay, we didn't see that, and it didn't see us. And you know, the next morning it was in the newspaper, so we weren't the only ones to see it. Oh, that's that's always a good feeling. Right? Yeah, that we're not crazy. And it was it was just really crazy, really weird. And if I can add in, we never discussed it. We didn't discuss it. We didn't. We never talked about it. So for you, real. So you looked at it, you guessed, and you just just didn't say a word, huh? You just moved that's on. Exactly. Went on about our business. That's right. We oh, that's Chad said it correctly. If we don't, if we don't admit it, it didn't see us. And you both had that in your head without saying it, essentially. No yes. doubt about it, because we never spoke of it. Wow. You know, I got a question here from the chat room from Lisa. She's asking, "What made you guys get married after you met?" Because uh, it, they wanted to know a little bit more detail. What What really pulled you in? I really, I really like Chad. I actually like him. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. He's. I like his person, and it's as weird. And thank you for the question because it's as weird to try to culminate an answer for that as it is for everything else. We have no idea. It <laughs> was as if it was as if I was shut off, running in fear, mm -hmm. you know, uh, hiding in fear from him. Essentially, uh, he wasn't stalking me, kind of thing. It was me. But three months later, I had a we I, we had a mutual friend, girlfriend to me that I had worked with, and she knew Chad also. Chad was working in a trendy uh, oyster bar. Okay. And she, she had uh, been a patron at this place for some time, and she knew Chad and a lot of the guys that work there. She f let me know three months later, her and I saw each other, and she said, Chad's looking for you. And I said... I'm shortening this conversation. I said, is he looking for me or is he looking for me? <laughs> now, that was just bizarre anyway, that I would do that. But when she indicated to me he was sincere, really trying to find out what had happened to me, something shifted in me almost instantly. And then I was determined through hell and high water, I was going to find him. Wow. 
That's amazing. And that was a journey in itself. So okay. he was out of state, had just been in a bad car accident, and, and I was able to find him. So, you know, there's been another hand in all of this. I see. Well, we're, we've got a few minutes before we go to our, our next break, but uh, let's leap a little forward. And, and so you saw a UFO. I'm, I'm assuming that you mean uh, more than just the one. When did you really, like, did you see the bug-eyed guys? I mean, did you see creatures together that really amped up your curiosity and awareness of what was going on? No. We we actually had uh, a lot go on between 95. Chad and I had moved later that year of 95 to then the French Quarter of New Orleans, which was okay. about an hour and a half away, I guess. Mm -hmm. And that's where everything amped up, everything of high strangeness, ghosties and time slips. And I had a what appeared to me to be a, she didn't say she was the Virgin Mary. It was like a Virgin Mary apparition. Um, oh, 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 we, we got to get into that one. What, what do you mean? She spoke and you saw her and what, what, ha what happened there? Yeah, we were, we were living in the, at the time, uh, this is when we'd first moved to the French Quarter. We were living at the time in a small apartment. Oh, this sounds so crazy, but this was the truth. Uh, we oh, were living at the time in a small apartment above a voodoo temple. You're you're speaking to the Queen of Strange. It's all good. Just let it out. Thank you. <laughs> this so, voodoo temple had several apartments attached to it. It had a huge courtyard. Every movie that was made in New Orleans about voodoo or anything like it, they made it at this location. We didn't live there for those reasons. We lived there because it was the only apartment we could afford at the time. And we were, thank goodness, too naive to know better. Wow. And we just sort of fell into this situation. We moved into this apartment. And um, uh, as I said, all kinds of crazy high strangeness was taking place. And Chad and I had painted this apartment and made it very vibrant and new and so on and so forth. And mm -hmm. in this occasion... I literally, Chad was at work, and uh, I had a girlfriend over visiting, and she and I were having drinks, and, but I, I'm, again, saying to you, I would never bring something like this up if I thought that I was drunk or incapacitated in any way. We were not, but my girlfriend literally took a nap on my daybed in my living room, Oh. And I went into another room to give her some privacy. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you again, this was not from too much alcohol. This was this was strange like everything else had been. Okay. And next thing I knew, my apartment was totally different. The girlfriend wasn't in the picture. My current dog wasn't in the picture. The apartment looked like it was ancient. This building had been built in the 1600s, and it looked like something from the 1600s that had never been repaired. Wow. There were three beings, uh, I call them beings, that appeared to be females of color. They were shabby dressed. Their hair looked crazy like it had never been touched, kept, brushed, washed, cleaned. They were standing side by side. They were young, in their 20s, I would say, or teenagers. They were so happy to be with me. 
that energy was exuded from them. And what I thought I was looking at was the possibility of women that had been slaves. Oh, wow. Back in the day, in the quarter. They didn't indicate that to me. It was just what I thought I was looking at. But I couldn't get over how happy they were to be with me. They were reaching out at me and they were saying, just let us touch you. Just touch us. I didn't. (laughs) And before I knew it, there was another being right behind me. I pivoted right where I was standing. And this was a female that was veiled. Okay. And she, she looked like what I had seen pictures of or of the Virgin Mary. Uh, I, you know what? Can I, I want to hold you right there because I want people to hold tight because we're going to get to our next break here. And, uh, ooh, this is sounding fascinating. You guys, you're listening to me, Heidi Hollis, The Outlander on Inception Radio Network, and we will be right back. You're listening to IRN, the Inception Radio Network, Chicago, Illinois. Illinois. Are you a fan of Inception Radio Network? Do you reckon it's the best alternative talk radio station on the planet? Well, if you do, head to facebook.com forward slash Inception Radio Network and like the page. Tell your friends, spread the word and keep listening to the best. Hello, Inception Radio Network listeners. This is Amanda. Remember, you can take your Inception Radio shows on the go. Just download the Inception Radio Network app for your iPhone, iPad, or Android smartphones and access live shows, past shows, guest lineups, and much more. Just visit the iTunes Store or the Google Play Marketplace and download it today for free. You didn't forget what's coming up tonight, did you? Hi, Inception Radio Network listeners. This is Amanda. Never miss that interview you were looking forward to or the show on your favorite topic. Follow IRN on Twitter, I underscore R underscore N, and get reminders about the evening's live shows as well as fun and important updates throughout the week. That's I underscore R underscore N, and never miss a great show again. Don't have a computer? Is your internet connection down? Don't worry. Use your trusty landline or cell phone and dial or call and listen lines at 832-280-0830 or 786-837-2262 to listen to the Inception Radio Network 24-7. Again, those numbers are 832-280-0830 or 786-837-2262. For the Inception Radio Network, I'm MJ. Hello folks, Heidi Hollis is rocking the airwaves every Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern right here on IRN. But if you want to learn more about Heidi, check out her amazing website at www.heidihollis.com. For IRN, this is MJ. Get advice on aliens to ghosts, demons to angels, and from shadow people to the outlandish. Explore the paranormal with Heidi Hollis. The Outlander. 
Welcome back, you guys, to me, Heidi Hollis, The Outlander. Remembering always if it's weird, we're here, and now you are too. So, we are giving you advice and insight on outlandish topics. Phone lines are always open, 1-888-919-2355. I am talking to an awesome couple whom I hope to one day be able to replicate their love. <laughs> Chad and Alta Dillard. My <laughs> goodness. So, we were talking about, uh, you, you had... Uh, you had an unbelievable experience. So you 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 moved to Bub, probably probably a place and space that most people would not even think of. You were above a voodoo temple. Oh boy! <laughs> and uh, you have these these three apparitions show up. Very joyous uh, uh, African American slave looking girls that were that were positive feeling to you when you felt a presence behind you and you spun around and lo and behold, what is it that you saw? I see a, a female that is around my height, and I'm about 5'5", five five and <clears throat> she's fair-skinned and light-skinned, and she's veiled. She's wearing, she's wearing garb that I immediately, conscious, consciously saying inside of myself, this is the Virgin Mary, because it was just so crazy. She never, as I said, she's never once, she didn't, she didn't one time indicate anything of that nature. Um, it was just the impression of what I was looking at. She extended her arms. Now, we're right, we're almost on top of each other. We're so close. Wow. Literally nose to nose. And... Uh, the energy, again, that's coming out of her, what I'm receiving in that room with these beings was just love like I don't know how to describe that word. And um, But that's what I was sensing. That's what I was feeling. Um, and she opened her arms uh, in a fashion like hug. I leaned into her. I remember I felt like I fell into her. Wow. And uh, she hugged me and... That's something that I have a very difficult time finding words for, that feeling that was expressed. It was like nothing I've ever felt before in the most positive manner. She leaned into my ear, and in a tone I can never duplicate, nor will I try, just to say to you, everything about this was so heightened in right. a form of what felt so beautiful. Right. She, she leaned in my ear, and she essentially said, Alta, you must get stable. Well, what the hey? Then the experience was over, just like that. She was gone, they were gone. Everything was gone. My apartment was back to its normal, whatever that means. And uh, if, if I may, then, I mean, that's what happened. That experience happened. I have no idea what it was about. I only know that that's what I experienced. That is that's amazingly beautiful. I, I, quick question: Are you are you Catholic? I was raised. Uh, I was raised with a very open-minded mother who gave me opportunity to explore religions. Okay. Um, I would consider myself of the past. I was involved in the Eastern Orthodox okay. community and um, left that many years ago and have abstained from being involved in any kind of organization of, all, of any kind. 
okay. So it's it it is kind of out of left field for Mary to pop up your way, but you got that impression of who she was, and and I think I got a good understanding about that love that shot off from her. I mean, it's like to the nth degree. It's it's something that you cannot describe to feel from the inside out. Is that what you're Absolutely. speaking? Absolutely. That yeah. was so eloquent. That's it. Wow. That's it. That's uh. Wow, amazing. amazing. So, if I may then, mm-hmm. I'll move us forward. Sure. From that experience, again, Chad and I were both, but you'd asked a very interesting question about the big-eyed, bug-eyed yeah. beings, creatures, what have you. So, I was going to get you to that with Chad. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's uh, cool. So, this happens to to me in particular in 95. Chad had his own experiences uh, separately from me with ghosties and all kinds of interesting in that regards experiences. So now, if I may, we're now in 97. Okay. 1997. Chad and I have left the voodoo temple behind. Thank goodness. <laughs> it was not our thing at all. But okay. I will also add something that was just as strange for us to discover as you might find it strange to hear. People came from all over the freaking world to be at that temple. They People just were jealous that Chad and I lived there, and I couldn't. We couldn't grasp that. that voodoo is not our thing, right. and we just couldn't grasp it. But there's a lot of folks out there that would have given anything to have been in our position, and so we decided to vacate that area and leave it to all of those people who were interested in it. And we moved into the quarter. Okay. The Voodoo Temple was on the perimeter of the quarter. Um, the quarter is 30-plus blocks square rectangle. or rectangle. It's okay. its own little city within a city, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it's like nothing I've ever experienced anywhere else. We've now, at this point, we've moved in the heart of the quarter. We live, a lot of high strangeness involved in that, in this most amazing townhouse. And... Uh, in 1997, my birthday is in May. Uh, for my 40th birthday, my mom was going to relocate and come to leave. She was in Arkansas. She was leaving Arkansas and was going to relocate to live with Chad and I in the French Quarter. We had pre-rented her a mother-in-law cottage behind our townhouse in our courtyard. Okay. Life was looking quite beautiful. My mom was in bad health and... She loves Chad. Chad loves her. And so it was just seeming to be ideal. We were going to be able to look after her, so on and so forth. It was not meant to be. It's as strange as everything else. My mom went into a coma 24 hours before she could get out of the state and get to us. Oh, no. We caught a plane. We get there as fast as we can get there. I'm in trauma. I'm her only child, raised her only child. She's my only family besides Chad. And... I was put through this situation where uh, I tell everybody she's tomorrow's my 40th birthday. Please, please help me mm-hmm. with, you know, this situation. My mom had made sure that it was well known her Native American blood was not going to allow for her to be put on machine. She wanted no um, 
extension if she was to ever go into a coma. And I couldn't get there in time to stop that. So they had her on machines. Uh. And as it played out, my mom died on my 40th birthday to the minute I'm born. Oh, come on. So, you know, as I said, everything is just so strange. Wow. I'm in a lot of trauma, obviously. Chad and I Mm -hmm. go back to New Orleans. I throw myself into my work. I'm working extremely hard. I'm not eating well. I'm not resting at all. About three months into that, so now we're in September of 97. A gal had been hired to work in the shop that I worked in. She was um, 24 at the time. Her name is Jacqueline. She's single, no children, never had been married. Uh, Very vibrant, uh, tall, slender, long blonde hair, half Sicilian, half Lithuanian. What an amazing combination. (laughs) She was a very, she is a very um, together kind of person. No drama. She, no drama queen about her. Okay. Um, She and I, when we meet, it's like family. It was, it felt like that um, instantly. She realizes three months into this that I am really having a hard time with my mom's passing and so on. She asked me if I wanted to go out and have drinks and dinner in the quarter one night. I agreed to it, and I tell her, let's call Chad. We only lived a couple of blocks from where my shop was. He's going to come over and meet us. He was happy to do it. He wanted to go out and play with the girls. We wanted him to come along, and so Mm -hmm. Chad comes and meets us. It's about 9.30 in the evening. Our night starts at 9.30. Again, I'm going to do my best to shorten the version of this. It took Mm -hmm. from 9.30 to 11, an hour and a half, of nothing but high strangeness in the French Quarter. From the moment Chad and I and Jacqueline started that evening out, the vibe was completely off. There was no people floating around the streets. There was, you know, what I mean by no people is that French Quarter is 24-7 party. Right, right. It never stops. And uh, on this night, where is everyone? I mean, there's a couple people sort of splattered here and there, mm-hmm. but there's nobody out and about. Okay. Each location that we stopped at, we stopped at three locations in that hour and a half. We never drank, no drugs. There were not even even people about to drug us. We've had that asked of us before. We end up on the other end of the French Quarter, Now, again, the three of us all remember collectively around 11 o'clock. We're on foot. We've been, this has all been walking. Um, I will point out before I hand this over to Chad, Mm -hmm. Jacqueline didn't live in the quarter. She lived outside of the French Quarter and oftentimes would drive to work or use the ferry back and forth uh, across the Mississippi in the area she lived in. On that morning, she chose to drive to work. She parked her car just up the street from our shop. That's very important to remember. Jacqueline drove to work that morning. We didn't drive around that night. We walked. Now, we're around 11 o'clock. At this point, I just want to go home. And that's what I kept saying to Chad privately. I just want to go home. This is weird. Nothing is normal. (laughs) Nothing. Right. Chad has an agreement with me. We're at our last location. And finally, Chad and I went over and sat on a stoop. We didn't even go in this little bar because there was nobody in there. 
Jacqueline is standing at the door. She never went inside the location either. So all three of us are on the street corner. Mm-hmm. Chad and I have walked several feet away from Jacqueline. She's visiting with a little guy that was the doorman of this last place we were at. We sat down on the stoop, and then I'll have Chad pick it up from there because Chad okay. has had regression. Oh, all right. Well, let's hear it. This is what came out in his regression. Okay. Well, yeah, like Alta is saying, we're on that stoop, 11 o'clock. The next thing I remember is waking up the next morning about 9 o'clock the next morning. Asking Alta, how did we get home? What oh happened? My. Oh, my goodness. Where's Jacqueline, what happened to us? Mm-hmm. So, and I'll get back into more about that morning. Okay. But uh, a few years back, I had regression done. When we were on the stoop, I remember, you know, all the buildings in the, in the French Quarter and around the French Quarter are all kind of connected together. So you've got this little pub on one corner, and then on this other corner is this. It, it looked like it maybe used to be like a, a old drugstore, Rexall or something like that. It had these big plate glass windows, and you know, of course, they had a backdrop back behind the windows, but you could still see kind of a crack between uh, these windows from the side of the building to the front of the building. And I remember seeing this very, very bright white light coming from around the corner from you know through these windows so I get out to and uh, Jacqueline's attention we walk around the corner and there's this sphere I would say it was probably 12 foot in diameter of this bright white just pure light hmm it's probably about 15 foot off the ground, and within just seconds of coming around that corner and seeing this in the sky, it just kind of engulfs us. Oh, my. Like it just, it didn't explode, it didn't come towards us, it just kind of engulfed. grabbed us, it like engulfed us. Everything got bright, okay. Yeah. Fade so, to white. <laughs> right. So I'm. Uh, my next memory is I'm walking down this corridor, and everything's very metallic. There's no rivets, no bolts, no nothing like that. Just very smooth metallic. The hallway is kind of uh, turning gently to the right. Gently, so it's not a it's not a sharp yeah. turn. It's as if all no, of a sudden you're a in a large turn. you're in a yeah, large craft of some sort. Yeah, I'm in something very large and circular. And do you see Jacqueline and Alta near you? I see. Well, my first sight, I I'm looking down in front of me, and there's this little being, and he has this very pale gray skin. Now I can only see him from behind. But he has this very bulbous head. His body mass is like a, a dwarf uh, or you know a small person. You know he has bulk. He's not like a little thin gray that you would see on TV or anything like that. Right. He he walked kind of wobble. You know. 
uh, he had this black, tight black uh, jump, well, one-piece jumpsuit on, uh, and we were following. And when I say we, mm -hmm. peripherally, I could, uh, to my left, I could see someone tall, blonde, female, with okay. long blonde hair. Now, that describes our friend Jacqueline. I did not turn to see if this was Jacqueline. Okay. But this does describe our friend Jacqueline. And no Alta. Oh, okay. Are you sure it was it was uh, Jacqueline and it wasn't like maybe a Nordic type of alien? It, it, it could be. Like I said, this describes our friend Jacqueline, but... You know, I did not turn to see if it was. Okay. So you're you're walking along. What's your feeling? Are you fearful? Are you just kind of I'm, a zombie or I am I am not kind of zombied, yes, kind of in a state of that. I knew um, zombies existed. I just yeah, knew it. Okay. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right. So continue. Um you know, again, I was not panicked. I was not scared. I was not, you know, out of my mind or anything like that. Very calm. Okay. My next memory is I'm in this big room, and this room just seemed to be infinite. Hmm. It was very dark. I'm sitting in a chair kind of similar to what a dentist would have you in, but very comfortable. Okay. Uh, again, I'm not nervous, panicked, or, or scared. I look over to my left, and like I said, it's very dark. You can't you can't see anything, but I over I could see around my immediate. I did not see a light source, but I could see my immediate. Over to my left, in a distance, a few yards away, I saw a blonde tall blonde female she was laying on an examining table she was nude but her body parts were sent her whole body was censored so again if it was it describes Jacqueline it kind of looked like Jacqueline but I could not tell if it was Jacqueline oh, okay there she was laying on a metal looking examining table there were three very tall beings around her that would say eight, nine foot tall, very big heads, very thin bodies, uh, one to her left, one to her right, and one at her head. Uh, they were very buggy looking, I guess, or praying manisy looking. Oh, uh, not their, those I, guys. Ugh. Their, yeah, their mouth was very close to their, you know, their jaw or their... Uh, I'm sorry, their chin. Um, they were wearing these black cloaks, almost like a Jesuit priest would wear, you know. Right. Uh, to, you know, no collar, you know, real long uh, to the ground. Again, she did not seem to be panicked in distress or anything like that. Okay. What color were these these creatures? They were kind of a pale gray. They were uh, color. Uh, you know, they weren't green or anything like that. Yeah, I like to squash green bugs. That's <laughs> okay. All right. So, and so we'll continue. What was going on there? So they're doing this thing. I focus my attention back to my immediate, and I look over to the right, and there's this very vibrant blue being. 
Now he looks a lot like the the grays that you see on Contact or something like that, but he was this vibrant blue. Okay. And he his aura was just love and tenderness. His his appearance, his his demeanor seemed to be like a a a, a priest or a, a shamanistic or combination of um, professor mm-hmm. um, he gets up and he or he gets he goes over and he picks up this box in his in his right hand he comes over to me and he takes his left hand and puts it into the side of the box he pulls his hand out and there's this blue blobbish looking stuff floating above his hand and it kind of looks like that slimy stuff that the kids play with uh, ah, you know, okay. kind of play-doh but it was contained you know but it was undulating it was blue like him mm-hmm. it had these little um, sparkly stuff in it like uh, glitter oh, okay. just really he sets the box down and he takes his right hand and he puts it up kind of similar to what a Buddhist or what you see Christ do in some photos with, you know, two fingers up. And he only had four fingers, so he had two fingers up and two okay. fingers down. Mm-hmm. And once he put his hand up, this blue blobbish stuff started spinning. And the faster it spun, the blueness and the sparkle, the glitter, kind of dissipated out of it and was kind of rotating around it. It started slowing down, and it, it turned clear, and it was this it, it turned into this crystal, probably three foot, or no, three inches long, uh, you know, real thin, it wasn't real thick, and it was just kind of spinning, you know, okay. real slow. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking to him, you know, why are you showing this to me? You know, I'm not a engineer. I'm not a scientist, you know. I'm, right. I'm, I'm Chad, you know. <laughs> why, why are you showing this to me? Right. And he told me that I will know in time or when it's time. My next memory, I'm in another room. This room has three walls. Two that are very straight, and the other one kind of concaved. Okay. There was, in the middle of the the room, was this big overstuffed leather chair. And I remember thinking to myself, that is just really out of place here, because these (laughs) walls are, you know, everything is just all metallic. Right, and And there's a big comfy... And here's Lazy this boy. big, comfy, you know, over. <laughs> and I, I remember thinking to myself, you know, it looks very comfortable, but it's not. So I never sat in it. Huh, okay. I, I focused my attention back over to the wall that's kind of concaved. And I walk over a little closer to it. I get about five, six foot away from it. And I realize what I thought was this gray metal, you know, I could see through it. Yeah. So if it was metallic, it, I, it's transparent. Hmm. And I start looking out, and I can see stars and planets, and, you know, yeah. I can see things moving around out there. You know, it was this yeah. big window. Yeah. And oh. I'm just sitting there in awe. I'm probably there maybe a minute at the most, 
and all of a sudden this little craft shoots past and it's going fast and it zooms past me and it gets about eight nine foot away and it stops and it comes back like it's doing a double take and just sits right outside this window or wall i mean it's the whole wall is transparent you know i can't right right it's not a window it's the whole wall right and it's just sitting there, and it's got these little lights on it that are blinking and little metal things kind of shooting around it and moving around it. And I can feel intelligence coming out of it, and it's just sitting there, and it sat there for maybe 30 seconds and shot off. Oh, wow. That's amazing. You know, i got to stop you right there, Chad. You know what? Uh-huh. Uh, Chad and Alta, I don't know if you realize, we have a couple minutes left. And, and oh, I want to tell you something. I've never done this. But, I mean, I want to hear the rest of all this. And I know you guys have a ton more uh, bits of information. I'm going to say, why don't you come back on next week and finish this up? Well, that sounds great. As far as my memory of being, you know, all through that, what came out in my regression, that's the last thing I remember is seeing that that other craft shoot off. The next thing I remember is waking up the next morning in bed. Oh, my goodness. That That is absolutely fantastic. I mean, this is stuff that movies are made out of. I mean, to be honest, <laughs> when, when you when you describe this wall and that chair, you know, I have spoken to others who have had alien encounters and they said it was like it, it was like a movie screen or it was like the control room where they could look out into outer space. So I was just like, I know yeah. what he's going to say. I know what he's going to say. But mm. you know what? I want to thank you guys for coming on to tonight. And I mean, are you open next Friday? Because I'm going to open up the schedule for you two to finish this all up. Well, that that sounds beautiful. We're, we'll be honored. Oh my We'd goodness! We'd love to share our story. Oh, are you kidding me? I love that you guys have the cojones to come on and talk the way that you are so freely and with a sense of humor, and you know, just putting it out there. So, Chad and, and Alta Dillard. Uh, thank you so much, and you know what? Next next week we're gonna we're gonna keep on talking about this and uh, get down to the nitty gritty. You guys are like holding on to the edge of your seat. I know it. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is this is fantastic. Well, you guys, you know what? Once again, end of another show. Remember, you can catch me here every Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. You've been listening to me, Heidi Hollis, the Outlander on Inception Radio Network. Remembering always, if it's weird, we're here. Good night, everybody. <laughs> payments. Thousands down. We interviewed the victims. Tell us what happened, ma'am. Well, I said to myself, self, go to Mad City. Mad City Mitsubishi. Every vehicle's just one dime down. And then? I ended up at some other dealer. Why? They had guaranteed credit. Let me guess. You had to put $4,000 down. Yeah, four grand. And 
And there was no warranty. Next time, go to Mad City, Mad City Mitsubishi. They extend the factory warranty to 30 years, 300,000 miles. And all you need is a dime. Hundreds of pre-owned in stock now. But my credit stinks. Just ask for credit amnesty. If you bring home $350 a week, you get up to $30,000 in credit. Wow, 30 grand? Yes, ma'am. With only one dime total out of pocket. It's a crime to pay more than a dime. At the number two Mitsubishi dealer in the nation. Mad City. Mad City Mitsubishi. On the Beltline. Call 844-MAD-CITY. MadCityMitsubishi.com. Qualified buyers 18 garage, 260 for 72 months at 5% APR. Tax tag and fees financed. More info, call 844-MAD-MEN-2.